Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 7th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Your local mortgage experts, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they will affect you in today's economy. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. Please call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's 1855 411150 or online at themoneyr.com. And our guests in studio today, we have Corey Brewer and Rob Gaska talking about rental market legal update. Also in studio, we have D Gupa of D Coaching Arrogance. That's what we're going to be talking about with D today. And our last guest in studio, we have Adam Droker. Pandemics and corrections. We've got some great topic uh, titles here, Keelan, today, don't we? I love it. Yeah. We have, we have some diversity today. We've got a little diversity. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any of the topics discussed today, please call at one 855 1150 Again, that's one 855 1150 And what's coming up now, Keelan? I think we should do a little money chat. Money chat. Money. Money. All right, Keelan, what do you got today for Money Chat? Well, um, coronavirus, craziness in the market, the Fed drops by 50 basis points. Mm-hmm. I feel like because we're in the mortgage business, I don't want to be subtle about this. And I'm going to have no shame in this. Call me and Tina if you have... Huh? Like, f- even 4% rate right now, rates mm-hmm. are so ridiculously low right now, like historically low. People, if you're listening to this and you have a mortgage, you should be calling an expert, preferably us, to talk yeah. about your well, mortgage needs. we are needs. your local mortgage experts. Exactly. And uh-huh. you definitely want an expert because uh, it doesn't always make sense to refinance because there's cost of refinancing and you have to do the math. And not everybody does fair math. There's some mm-hmm. funny math in our business. So yeah. don't get caught up with the funny math. But the reality is it does not hurt or cost any money to look and see where you're at because I think, and I think any expert would agree at this point, rates could be a whole lot higher. How much lower can they go at Mm -hmm. this point? So Mm -hmm. I think risk versus reward, I mean, even lock it up. I mean, lock it up. It's a good time right now. Make sure that, uh, you know, something could happen pretty quickly in the market. Rates could jump up pretty quickly. But the downside of that, I don't see how much lower. How much much lower could they get? We don't have a crystal ball. I think they will go lower. Mm -hmm. They can't go lower by a whole lot more, Well, I just locked a client in at 2.875 on a 30-year fix. Now they pay points. And, you know, I want to make a a comment on what you said, Keelan, because, yeah, there's some, what majority of mortgage professionals do is they just don't provide all the data, not because they're intentionally doing it, because they don't have the tools to do it. When I started in the mortgage industry back in May of 1995, uh, there was actually a refinance boom that was uh, coming in there uh, pretty quickly. And there was nothing available for me on the market to analyze 
what it really did to make sense. I was having to do all these manual calculations, look at one tool for this and one at that. Uh, you may know as a regular listener uh, that I'm actually a mortgage software um, owner. I've, I'm founder and owner of Mortgage Triangle Software. And the why behind creating the software was in this market many, many years ago. And now it's a full-blown software that ever, other mortgage professionals can subscribe to. And But in Keelan's, what Keelan mentioned there is all you need to do, there is multiple cost structures. So when I'm educating clients on loan options, Keelan as well, we're showing five cost structures. You can do a no closing cost refinance, no cost at all. You're going to take a higher interest rate all the way until my client uh, that I just recently locked in at 2.875 paid additional points to get that interest rate. Now, what you want to make sure that you understand is you have to compare your current amortization schedule to your new amortization schedule. And that's what my software does is we can, within minutes, run an analysis of exactly where you're at in your amortization schedule today versus where you're going to be starting in a new amortization schedule. And if you take that payment savings and apply it towards principal or not, what does it look like? What is the current, the difference in the interest paid and the current ending balance, depending on how long you plan on keeping a loan? I mean, it's it's a it's it's a uh, green or red <laughs> result. It either makes sense or it doesn't. It and makes sense if or it doesn't. No, and you missed the boat. I mean, we're talking about history here. Mm-hmm. Chances are, if you lock your rate in right now, we may never see these again for a decade plus, maybe never again. I don't know. I mean, we're mm-hmm. getting there. So. We're getting there. And, you know, a, a good follow-up on, on Keelan. You talked about the FADs. I'll go into a little bit more detail about what's happening with the Federal Reserve. Lowered the target rate range from its federal funds rate by 50 basis points, is what Keelan mentioned, to 1.1% during an emergency move on March 3rd, stating that the coronavirus virus poses risk to the economy activity. Now, the Fed is closely monitoring developments and their implementations for the economic outlook and will use its tools to act appropriately to support the economy. It is the first emergency rate cut since the 2008 financial crisis, although markets were already pricing in the cut of the 50 50 to 75 basis points in the next meeting on March 18th. The move follows a G7 announcement made earlier in the day in which policymakers reaffirm their commitment to use all appropriate policy tools to achieve strong and stable growth, um, although fail to provide specific actions. Now, the interest on excess reserves rate was also cut by 50 basis points following the 0.5 basis points raise in January. Now, most consumers do not understand when the feds lower the prime rate, it does not have a direct impact on mortgage interest rates. The prime rate does impact the feds fund rate and is used to determine the cost that banks will lend to consumers for short term loans like credit cards, car loans, home equity loans, line of credit loans and personal loans. These loans are directly affected by what the feds do with the prime rate. Mortgage rates, on the other hand, are based on how the bond market uh, is trading, and they're actually directly tied to the Fannie Mae 30-year bond. That's important to know as mortgage rates are not tied to the prime rate, but instead to the bond market. So when the Fed's role, what the role is, is to stabilize prices and employment. Their role is to manage inflation and maintain a balanced market. So if the Fed's decision to lower the prime rate slows down the economy, this is good for mortgage interest rates. If by lowering the prime rate, the economy speeds up, this is bad for mortgage rates. So if there's consumer confidence, investors are going to invest in the stock market, even though it's a higher risk because of the potential higher 
in higher earn on investment. If there's lack of consumer confidence, then investors are going to pull out of the stock market. They're going to go into the security of the bond market. Bond trading prices are going to go up and mortgage rates are going to go down. So normally, if you look at the stock market, the bond markets are working opposite of the stock market. So just a little bit of education on uh, Prime, because it's interesting, even in the media, Keelan, you'll hear the media say, you know, the, five, the half a percent lower in prime rate, it's a great time to look at mortgages. And so it's kind of deceiving because consumers just think automatically that mortgage rates have gone down. And if you look at, there's uh, charts out there, you can look at the difference uh, between the prime rate and mortgage interest rates, and you can see many, many times where there's an like, opposite movement between the two rates because mortgage rates are not directly tied to prime. Everything is affected by what the feds do with the prime rate. So only time is going to tell on how the markets are going to react. But every month, all eyes turn to the Fed to search for the clues and the language that they're using to try to determine when the rate increase or rate decrease may come and how much it's going to be. So depending on the market's reactions, the Fed will determine their next move. Yeah, I got a, quite a few calls from that from the 50 uh, basis points drop. Mm-hmm. But also another point to be had is that uh, a lot of the banks build in a little buffer too. So we might not see a change at all in the market, like yeah. literally none uh, when some of these fluctuations happen. So uh, it just depends. And I hate to use that word. It just depends, but it just Everything depends. just kind of depends. But it doesn't hurt to find out where you're at and making sure that your mortgage is always in the best possible position it can be in. Great advice, Keelan. You too, Tina. <laughs> Caught me off guard there. I didn't she know what to a little, say. sense a little bit of love here with the host and co-host. Yeah, All right. Coming up next on The Money are rental market legal update. Corey Brewer and Rob Gaska right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Have you ever considered rental property as an investment option? Windermere Property Management, Lori Gill and Associates are the local leader in residential property management and guides property owners through the ever-changing waters of the rental housing industry. Lori Gill and Associates currently manages over 2,000 rental units throughout the greater Seattle area and for over 15 years have helped clients achieve outstanding results. They consistently outperform their competitors in terms of market time and rental pricing, maximizing their clients' bottom line while providing excellent service for their tenants. Lori Gillen Associates have consistently held nearly a quarter of the market share in King and Snohomish counties on the Northwest Multiple Listing Service and look forward to continue helping rental property owners achieve their goals as housing providers. The legal landscape surrounding the landlord-tenant industry is changing by the day, and Lori Gillen Associates are proud to serve as a representative representative, as a voice, and as an advocate for their clients. They're also deeply committed to fostering and maintaining successful relationships with their tenants. Hey, this is Corey Brewer from Windermere Property Management, Lori Gill and Associates. For more information about how we can assist you with all your property management needs, please call us at 425-455-5515 or visit our website at wpmnorthwest.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW at the Saturday, March 7th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I am your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Your local mortgage experts. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about. How to make money, 
save money so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're listening to our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 411-50 or online at themoneyara.com. In studio right now, we have Corey Brewer and Rob Gaska, Rental Market Legal Update. So excited to have the two of you in studio. First time to have a chat with you. Thank you. Thank you. Here. Yeah. Thank you very much. Wonderful. And a little bit about uh, Corey and Rob. Corey Brewer is the general manager at Windermere Property Management, Lori Gill and Associates. He assumed his role in 2011 after nine years in residential real estate sales in the Seattle area. Corey's primary focus are quality control, legal compliance, and broker training. Rob Gaska is the Director of Commercial Property Management at WPMLGA. After managing a residential portfolio as a top producer for over 10 years, he assumes this new corporate leadership uh, role to further develop the company's position in the local commercial marketplace. Corey, you big stud, you. Look at that. <laughs> I'm Speaking of it. big stud, I got to step in here really quickly because I always make a joke how it's all about the girls' show, but yes. we have a bunch of men power in here, and we finally. just have a couple girl power on mic. So. I know. Finally, we have, we're not outnumbered. This is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Corey, let's talk right out of the gate about yes, who, who is your clientele. Yeah, so we have a pretty wide-ranging uh, client profile. Mm-hmm. Um, we have clients who live all over the world. We have clients who live across the street from the rental property that we manage for them. So um, a pretty typical client for us on the residential side would be someone who maybe has been relocated for a few years for their job across the country, out of the country. They're not going to sell their house. They're going to move back into it three years from now. Um, so they want to uh, recognize some rental income uh-huh. on the property. Sure. So that's a pretty typical client for us. Um, we also have people who have maybe inherited properties from a family member or something like that, and they don't want to unload it yet. Um, so we manage that as a rental for them. And then we've got tons of clients who are investors who very specifically choose to invest their money in the real estate market. And um, a lot of those are the clients who we manage multiple properties for. Most of our clients own a single rental property, single family home, condo unit, maybe a duplex, triplex, fourplex. Mm. Um, But that's our primary market. Wonderful. So Rob, what scope of services do you provide? Well, on the commercial side, uh, commercial management and leasing. Okay. So we'll manage your building. We'll manage the asset uh, in terms of all the financials. We'll manage uh, tenant. We'll manage building, maintenance. Uh, So a complete comprehensive management of the entire building or the entire asset. Now with that, we have tenant movement uh, for leasing. So we will offer space in buildings, not only in uh, office, but in retail. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can lease out space for uh, building owners as well. And such an important service because for uh, somebody that if you own one rental property, you definitely don't have the expertise that you need to be able to manage that asset. And, you know, I mean, I love how you um, use that word, Corey, because that's exactly what it is. So you need to hire an expert to do that for you. And if you have multiple properties, if you have any other type of job, you don't have the time to manage mm-hmm those assets. So um, love the service and so important to have a property manager if you're on a rental property. Do you guys do uh, Do you guys do short-term like vacation rentals or is it all lease long-term? No, we really don't. That 
that's just not something that we've gotten into. Yeah, no, just mm-hmm. curious about that. Um, what are the the most significant changes that you've seen? I mean, in recent history, obviously sure. the market here is crazy, constantly evolving monster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you guys seeing on your end of the business? Well, the main thing that I wanted to talk about on that end would be all the legal changes that keep happening in yeah. our industry. It, especially in Seattle, right? Especially in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, more so the last couple of years throughout the state of Washington. Um, but I mean, I'm not kidding. Every week, it seems like there is a new law or guideline. It's about as a tax law. It's it's wild. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Wild West out here. Wow. And so um, we do get feedback from some of our clients like, hey, this is too much for me. Like, I might think about getting out of the rental market. Um, our answer to that is, let us guide you through yes. it. We, we understand what's happening here. Um, part of my message is to people who have not hired a property manager yet who own rental property, and um, they're maybe feeling scared about how am I going to comply with all these new rules. That's what we're here for. Um, we, we make a very concerted effort to not only watch what's going on, but try to participate in what's going on. Meet with lawmakers, meet with legislators, try to be a voice for the small single-family landlord that often gets overlooked when these policies are are being considered or voted on or whatnot. Um, So whether that's trips down to Olympia, uh, Seattle City Council meetings. So you're on the hill. I've I've been to them all. Yeah. Um, And uh, I think that's some of the value that we provide. And I would say that the short answer is the ever-changing legal landscape like, what day is it? Because yes. there's probably a new law that just passed yesterday. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That, well, and, oh, go ahead, Keelan. I was just going to say, that alone is worth its weight in gold. With yeah. all mm-hmm. these changes, I mean, to, to be able to pass that to somebody else who can take responsibility and stay on top of that, I mean, the stress load as a landlord that, that I mean, considering somebody randomly can just move in your house and live there and all this crazy, extreme circumstances you hear about, uh, mm-hmm. you can't deny somebody in their criminal background. What? Mm-hmm. So in like multifamily, you can have like robbers and stuff that you live next to and you know, you don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's a loophole and then get rid of them another way, but all that stuff's scary. Why not have a professional? Use your experts. Mm-hmm. And that's Thank really you. what the, the show is all about. It's it's called the Money R because it's setting you up at the best of the best in every area regarding your finances so you can get connected and hooked up. And I'm a believer that you've got to hire out all of the stuff that you are not an expert at. So Rob, what is, what is the most common challenge that you face in property management? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> There's oh, probably yeah. a couple of them, right? Do you have a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, we should have a whole show all on it. challenges that come up with property on managing. The challenges when it yeah. when it comes to what we do and the goals and the service that we try to achieve. It's really balancing all of the services that we provide um, at a top at a top level. Uh huh. And so when it comes to managing your tenant, you know, it's providing them with the most, you know the service you can offer, uh, the attention, um, response time. As far as the building is concerned, you know, the owners have a lot of money invested in our buildings. And so making sure that we maintain those at the top level, uh, that they maintain their equity, uh, that they, the appearance of the building, um, that is very difficult. And then, you know, one other item that uh, our clients think about is the financials, right? Yeah. Um, probably one of the most important reasons why they're there. So making sure that we're able to report on a monthly and a yearly basis accurate financials to make sure that we're able to measure the performance of their of their investment. Yeah. So you know, all of those things are extremely important, 
and balancing them on a daily basis is is challenging. Yeah, and and if if they're not do if they're trying to do that themselves, think of the uh, tax issues that they can have if they're not doing it correctly. So critically important. Definitely. So how do you list off a few things that your clients benefit from working with you and your team specifically? Yeah. Um, so the number one thing that I wanted to talk about in, when we were getting to this question is some statistics. And when I give you statistics, I'm talking from uh, numbers from the Northwest Multiple Listing Service. Mm-hmm. Everyone's familiar with that. That That is the... That's the licensed real estate broker community, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, th- these are people who have hired a licensed broker to manage their property. Within that uh, community, we have by far the fastest days on market average, which what that means is we rent our properties faster. Mm-hmm. What that ultimately means is less vacancy loss for our property owners, which vacancy is the number one worst expense that you can have as a, as a rental property owner because you get nothing out of it. So eliminating vacancy by getting our properties rented faster is probably the number one thing that we can, we can, we can exhibit that we are doing on a very consistent basis. And that also is great for our tenants as well, because when we have tenants who are getting ready to move out of our properties, we're able to rent them faster and not disrupt them as much. Uh, by having it on the market for six or eight weeks, we're usually able to get it rented much faster than that. And then, of course, if someone is ever breaking their lease, uh, it'll be crucial for them how much how quickly we can get the home re-rented. So yeah. that's a that's a huge one for us, and that also helps our clients achieve higher rents because we price them properly to begin with. We rent them more quickly, and we're not sitting here taking price drops every week. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times, too, when people own rental properties and they try to manage them on themselves, that they are under renting. They're not increasing the rents and keeping up with the market. And so um, uh, I think there's a lot of lost money there. Rob, let's talk about, uh, you know, in any industry, we all have competitors, but in any industry, there's the best of the best. How are your clients benefiting from working with you guys being the best of the best? That's why you're here representing um, on the money hour. How do they receive that from your team? What are you doing that's unique um, compared to your competitors? Well, I think more than anything, uh, it's our people because our competitors, everybody has, you know, tools and resources and, you know, com- you know, computer software, all in technology. But uh-huh. what we have, I think that sets us apart is our people. We're highly skilled. We're highly committed, uh, committed and dedicated. Yeah. Um, our, the tenure of most of our employees, our brokers, our accounting team uh, is long term. So we're a well-oiled machine. Um, we have accountability to each other to really get the job done at the very highest level. Um, I mean, those are the things that I look at more than anything. I mean, we're a, a solid team yeah. that works together in one common goal. And I've been around a number of different organizations to understand that when you have that type of, um, that type of teamwork and that common goal, things get done at a very fast pace, a very high level, very efficient. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, totally agree. The reason that we're the best of the best in the mortgage space is because of the team. You cannot do it without having a strong team. Go back on that fast pace. A lot of people don't understand. If you don't rent out your property for a couple months, that's loss. That's a loss. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if you amortize that over 12 months, this is significant money. It's shocking to me sometimes how people hold on to this number, you know, and then just lose months of rent. And you could have gave away a free month Rented it out right out of the gate, mm-hmm. and you would have been better than sitting for a couple months, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you hold out for a hundred dollars more a month, it it takes a matter of maybe two weeks of vacancy to wash that away completely, right? And yeah. that's if you even get 
that price. <laughs> right? Makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Court, let's talk about the goals of the company over sure. the next five years. What are you guys hoping to accomplish? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that we all see every day is the homelessness crisis out oh, here. Yeah. And and that has really impacted our industry, the residential rental market, um, because you, you read the paper and, and you see a lot of um, legal activity, legislative activity att- uh, attempting to target evictions. And so, um, I mentioned earlier trips to Olympia, Seattle City Council, whatnot. Um, try to be a voice and try to be impactful in that space to speak to these policymakers and help them understand both sides of the of the common goal that we mm-hmm. have here with how just the housing industry in general, um, and try to help them steer towards solutions that I think are going to be effective to that end, as opposed to just deciding that the answer is to legislate, legislate, legislate against landlords. And so that's something that I have a, a really strong passion for. Yeah. Um, and then on the business side, um, we want to keep growing. We, we have number one market share in this community by a long shot. Um, where I really want to see us grow is in Snohomish County. That That's where I feel like we have some room for growth. We're at about mm-hmm. 25% market share in King County right okay. now. We're a little under 20 in Snohomish County, so I'd really like to see what we're able to do um, up north a little bit ways. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Rob, hey, we've got less than a minute left, but I want to ask you, what is your favorite part about representing Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates? Uh, working with Corey Brewer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Well, uh, there's other things. Uh, re- <laughs> honestly, uh, Lori Gill, uh, her commitment to excellence um, is really what makes us what we are today. Yeah. The Windermere name is synonymous with quality. Uh-huh. So that in itself uh, gets us up in the morning every day. Um, the performance and the results that we deliver, the tools and the resources that we're given to do our job. Yeah. It's it makes it a lot easier when you have the support, uh, the tools, the resources and of course Corey the Brewer driving Corey. driving driving the bus. So awesome. Well, you didn't that see was me a, hand him a, a twenty under the table. No, and I saw no money exchange. Yeah. Well what a great way to end our time here and a and a shout out to Lori. Um if you could see the guys uh Big smiles on our faces. We just really enjoyed having you here, and thank you for representing uh, property management and would love to have you back in studio. We do need to have a show on all of the challenges that can come up. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Coming up next on The Money Hour, Arrogance. We're going to be talking about that with D. Gupta of D. Coaching right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Are you a tech professional who wants to get your voice heard in meetings and events? Are you tired of being invisible or of people talking over you? Do you believe you have the talent to make more impact at work but don't know how or where to begin? Are you living on autopilot not knowing where your time has gone? Or do you want to make the best use of your time on this planet? To have a powerful voice in this world, you need to build up your communication skills and courage step by step. To live your life in a powerful way, you need to have crystal clear goals and work through problems along the way until you achieve those goals. D. Gupta of D. Coaching is an expert at unleashing your personal power and will coach you through a simple and easy to follow process that will build up your skills and courage. D. is passionate about firing people up to follow their dreams by walking them through her effective proprietary process of goal setting and follow through. This is D. from D. Coaching. To learn more about me, visit my website at speakpowerfullycoaching.com and follow the links to connect with me on social media. You're listening to The Money Hour 
with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 7th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. You're a local mortgage expert. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint, one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at one 855 1150 Again, that's one 855 1150 or online at Up next in studio, we have D Gupa of D Coaching, and we're going to be talking about arrogance today. And D, thank you so much for joining us back in studio. Thank you for having me. I'm so Super excited. Yes, a little bit about Dee. Dee is a part-time coach and full-time rental property man, business owner who has done extensive study on emotional growth. Her perspective is that you are where you are choosing to be in life. Your financial status, the quality of life that you live, and your relationships with friends, family, or your significant other. Everything is either where you want it to be or where you believe your belief level is where you think it can be. The stage of personal growth you are at in each area of your life determines on where you're at in that area. You cannot make more money than you believe that you can make. You cannot have a better relationship than you believe yourself capable of having. And your belief in your own worthiness in each area of your life sets the tone of where you are. D helps you break those ceilings. D, so it's always a loaded question with you because I think I know what arrogance means, but you have just the best answers ever. So I have to ask you, in your opinion, what is arrogance? Thank you, Keelan. I'm very excited to be talking about this topic of arrogance versus self-esteem today because I've struggled this for a very, very long with this for a very long time since I was a kid. Basically, I found it difficult to share my happiness with people when I did something good because I thought I was being arrogant. So I'm very excited to talk about this. The dictionary definition of arrogance is showing an offensive attitude of superiority. So um, arrogance stems from a deep sense of insecurity. It comes from the belief that I am not the best. And if I'm not the best, then I'm not worthy. And um, how am I going to stand out from the sea of people out there? And how Mm. am I going to be anything if I don't stand out and if I don't prove that I am better than other people? And if I do that, then... Um, If I cannot do that, if I don't try to stand out, then how do I pursue excellence or how do I share my wins or um, in order to run a successful business or do well at work, you you have to stand out, right? Like Mm -hmm. otherwise nobody's going to do business with you. So where is the line where you say that I uh, where you share that I have done this, I have achieved this versus coming across as arrogant when you share that? So, so in, yeah, so yeah. important that you make f- people feel good, not lower or less than what you have to offer for them. For them. So, Dee, let's talk about a step below arrogance. Um, so, what? Yeah, what I want to talk about is um, so. For example, there there was this incident. I went to hike on Mount Sai this weekend, and I'm deathly afraid of snow and ice. So, I was wearing these micro spikes, which are things that you put under your shoes to help grip on the ice. And mm-hmm. more than half of the people were not wearing them, and I was. And even then, when I was coming down, I was like stepping very slowly. And this guy walks by, and he says, um, "You've got spikes, for goodness sakes." 
and what a jerk right so (laughs) that is a very and so my thing my response was I'm here aren't I I'm facing my fear aren't I like I could have easily been sitting so now that is a very clear um, example of arrogance yeah but the nuance thing is um, how do I so um, I, I love hiking again so another hiking example I went to hike a few years ago on um, Nepal Annapurna circuit now anytime I talk to anybody especially who has hiked I tell people that I've done that and I've often wondered am I being arrogant or am I trying to be arrogant or am I seeking validation from them by telling them this or am I simply standing out like I'm am I sharing my wins so that I can attract people who are attracted by things like that so I attract Mm -hmm. like-minded people that way Um, so and I think there is an element to that as well. Like I do want to get validation from them and I want them to say, oh, that's so cool. Right? Yes. <laughs> so there is an element of that. So that is the nuance of arrogance that I want to talk about. Okay. But you're also trying to relate there, Dee, right? Because yes. it's something that, right. that other people can acknowledge and understand. Right. So you're, you know, that might be something if you're a hiking fan, you might get excited about that. Right. And it's all about kind of that other person and how they perceive it. So. Well, and isn't it too, if it's it's in your words that you use or extra words you can put right. in there that is going to soften that instead of, oh, I did this, really, you know, here's something that I did that was really, you know, so isn't that true, Dee, that you can kind of adjust in the tone that you're using and the words that you're using that take that arrogance out of it. Right. Absolutely. It is yeah. all in the communication. It is all in the languaging and the energy with which you speak. Yes. Yes. Um, so... The the way to reconcile like excellence and the desire to stand out versus um, being arrogant is well, I truly believe that with every cell of my body that we are the happiest when we're growing, when we're making progress, when we do something, when we achieve something. Mm-hmm. And um, it is not necessarily the big wins that make us happy. They only make us happy momentarily, but it is the daily small wins that we do. And therefore, excellence is the desire to have those small daily wins and celebrate them and not just brush them under the carpet. Oh, this was too small and I need to do more than that. Um, that is what brings in the excellence. And if you see somebody else that's better than you to get inspired by them instead of feeling threatened by them. Um, the the basic understanding, I think, is uh, that is a game changer is that you are worthy whether you achieve anything or not or yes. how fast you achieve anything or not. Um, and so if you can focus on letting go of the guilt, which all of us carry to some extent that we have not done what we, what we set out to do, if we can let go of that guilt, then we can focus on getting better. Because if we're feeling bad, then we just we're going to stop more mm-hmm. likely than actually make progress. So that is self-esteem to keep going. And um, no matter what external or in- internal setbacks we have, and that pulls us back from arrogance because we're not trying to prove that we're better than others. We know where we are and we're just we're OK with that because it doesn't matter. We're worthy any case. I love that. D. It's kind of like it's. Um it's your belief system is really what it's based on. For me right. personally, I love hearing about people's wins. Like right. I love hearing about people congratulate. Nobody likes the one upper though, right? right? Like a direct <laughs> like I drive the. <laughs> oh, right. I got this yesterday. Mm-hmm. I did this production. Oh, I did that. You know what I mean? Not that <laughs> no. guy, but like you know, I like to celebrate people's wins, and so I can right. understand how it could be about perspective. 
there's haters and then there's congratulators, right? So, right. Oh, absolutely. I right? love that phrase. I'm mm. going to steal that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, congratulate, right? Because you want to be around right. the people that are successful. Personally, that's how I think about it. I'm inspired right. by these people, right? Right. So uh, <laughs> let's say you are that guy uh, who's really concerned about offending people because I'm totally that guy. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Um, how do you stand out? Um, so there are, I'm going to give three examples of ways to stand out. The best way to stand out literally is to simply be interested in somebody else, genuinely interested in somebody mm-hmm. else. And that will just help you stand out. So you don't need to be, to have any achievement of your own in order to stand out. You just need to be interested in what other people are doing and congratulate them and be happy for them from your heart, not just pretending. <laughs> and that is the best way to stand out. The next way is um, to love yourself and accept yourself for your flaws. And that will help you stand out too because it's going to give you the confidence because it, yes. it doesn't matter what you've achieved or not achieved and how old, like it, not, none of that matters. At the end of the day, if you feel good about yourself, no matter where you are, you will stand out. And then um, the other, the third way is to recognize that all of us have our own genius. So we might see somebody like an Elon Musk and we might be like, oh, they are doing something good in, our, in the world and we're not because we've not done huge big things like that. And so mm-hmm. they're more worthy than, the, than us. And in the case of human beings, that's simply not true because a homeless man is as worthy as yes. uh, Elon Musk is. So um, it is to recognize that um, we all have our own genius mm-hmm. and um, to work towards building and growing. Continuing that. to be a little bit better every day than you were yesterday. Absolutely. And, you know, I think a success is how you walk into a room. Success is how you make people feel when you walk into your room. Success right. is the aura that you have and whether you're drawing people into into that or not. So that's beautiful. Dee, let's talk about age and being too old and how does that I mean I'm uh, I'm not too old and I would never say that but I'm getting into a different uh, generation in my age and so where does that come into play with arrogance um, well there is this saying the best time to plant a seed was 20 years ago the next best time is now um, it is Age is just a number. So when you leave, when you die, you're going to leave everything behind anyways. You're mm-hmm. going to leave all of your achievements behind. You're going to leave all of your money behind. Like not, nothing is going to matter. So there is no point for rushing. The only thing that we're doing is adding as much value as we can to this present moment in the best way that we can. And so if you don't do anything and you think, oh, I'm too old and I can't do anything or I will not be able to achieve my goals um, if I start now because it's too late, then time is going to pass anyways and you're just going to feel worse and worse as time goes on because you'll be like, okay, I gave up. So um, you can either do that or you can choose to take uh, take um, the time that you do have and improve on where you are. You know, nowadays it kills me, too, because you go online and you see, like, on YouTube and stuff, there's, like, an 80-year-old powerlifter, and you're like, so what's his right. excuse? Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like, there's there's somebody's breaking the mold constantly. Yeah. Right, precisely. So, yeah, it's, it's all mm-hmm. about what you believe. So right. so what is, to kind of cap that off, do you, where, where in what scenario can you share your wins without coming across arrogant or, you know, the one-upper? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so... You can let people in who deserve your um, your wins, like to know your wins. So there are multiple ways. First, first of all, social media is a really great way. You can talk about things without 
um, coming because you, it's passive um, conversation that you're having. You're just sharing. If somebody wants to read, they can choose to read it. Otherwise, they can walk away from that post or whatever it is that you're making. Mm-hmm. So social media is a really great way. And uh, otherwise, you can, if you see that the person has less than you and they feel threatened by it, then you can do this boundary testing um, or or just little tests and share a little bit and see how they respond. And if they're not very comfortable, then don't um, talk to them about it because you because they will feel bad about it because that's where they are and that's okay. And you can share it with people who deserve it, like who deserve to be in your inner circle and they're not like... Um, so um, that is one way. And then you do want to build your personal brand and you do want to mm-hmm. s- share how you stand out because that's extremely important. That is how you attract people to you that uh, are interested in the same things that you are. Um, so you do want to talk about it. And like Tina said earlier, it is all in the languaging and it is yes. all in the energy with which you portray it. So you can just continue to build on that and continue to work towards getting your languaging tight so that um, you you know exactly where Yeah, you're. and you know, the, the, the best way is having that third-party validation. It's having other people that are sharing the wins that you have because they're being inspired by the things that you're doing. Dee, we've got to wrap up the show today, but always excited to have, or not wrap up the show, wrap up our conversation with you. It's always excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And coming up next on the Money Hour, pandemics and corrections. Adam Droker, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, after this short break. Have you been riding the market roller coaster? Has it become too stressful? Adam Droker of Water Rock Global Asset Management works with families like yours to identify financial risks and opportunities to smooth out that ride. If you don't know how much risk you're taking, visit his website, waterrockglobal.com, and take the free risk assessment today. Hi, this is Adam Droker with Water Rock Global Asset Management based in Lake Hills area of Bellevue, Washington. My number is 425 698 1463. And if you'd like a free risk assessment, go to our website, waterrockglobal.com. Thank you. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 7th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I am your co-host, Keelan Harvey. You're a local mortgage expert. We bring in studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. We're here to help you build a strong financial blueprint. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. In studio right now, we have Adam Droker, Pandemics and Corrections. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. First time in studio today. Very excited to have you. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited. Wonderful. And a little bit about Adam. 
Adam is the financial advisor and chief investment officer at Water Rock Global Asset Management LLC, based right here in Bellevue, Washington. He is a lifelong resident of Bellevue, having moved from Lake Sammamish to Lake Hills in his life. Adam is married to Allie, and they have three children, Evan, Meredith, and Jake. He attended Washington State University, where he completed his BA in in business and continued to achieve his MBA. Upon graduating, he started his professional career at Merrill Lynch in Seattle in 2005. In 2007, he joined Morgan Stanley. And on April Fool's Day in 2011, he made the decision to go the independent route and join Water Rock. And that was no April Fool's. I was going to say, that must have been an interesting announcement. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, really? Did he? Yeah. The, really? Uh, is that happening? Yeah. The branch manager was a little shocked and said, I'm not going to fall for this. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah. The grass is never greener from that end of the things, right? But obviously it is because you're, uh, you're, you're successful and doing well. So with that being said, speaking of pandemics and corrections, we have this un, uncharted em- epidemic with the uh, coronavirus here. Everybody's freaking out. I think it's like 50 confirmed in King County, 10 deaths, 18 in Snohomish County. What are we going to do? Um, what should an investor do is the question. Well, I keep hearing this uncharted, unprecedented, uh, mm-hmm. these words thrown out by, by the media. And frankly, there's nothing that the financial markets haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average investor recovers from a virus type, uh, scare, uh, in about four months. There's data based on recent events like swine flu, SARS, bird flu, uh, they have a relatively short muted effect on the market. So we'll, we'll have some volatility. Uh, but in the end, we're going to look back on this 10 years from now and say this had a very minor short-term impact. The trick for, for most is just not to panic, not yeah. to get swept up in the media because they're the, uh, the announcers on TV, their whole thing is sensationalism trying to get people to watch. And yes. nobody go watches a show when they say nothing that exciting is happening. And we've seen this once before. Exactly. <laughs> so true. And, and, you know, it's media sells fear. I like how you say thrown out by the media because that's exactly what happens. So you need to be really um, uh, sensitive to what you're drawing in and what you're taking out of media. So, Adam, uh, we saw a record decline last week. What effect does that have on retirees and their ability to stay retired? Well, the big problem that retirees face is they're creating their own bear market before they even invest in the market. They're taking money out of their portfolio, so that's a direct negative return on their portfolio to start with. So when the markets recover, not if, but when, yes, there's a lower dollar amount to recover from. Uh, so every year as they pull out their money, uh, they're not participating with the original balance. So that is why I always start with what are the risks that, that a retiree face? They face purchasing power risk, also known as inflation, longevity risk, which is uh, potentially outliving their assets. Um, they face sequence of return risks, which is uh, if they had, say, uh, two, retired in 2007 or late 2006, uh, that the first few years are negative, and it knocks the uh, portfolio down too quickly too early. So mm. um, what a retiree should do right now is talk to a financial professional and make sure that they're on the right track still. Uh, it's a perfect time to reassess how much risk somebody is taking and whether or not they're 
taking out too much or too little from their portfolio. Great advice. Yeah, I remember in 2008, uh, especially, the worst thing people could do, people freaked out mm-hmm. to start pulling their money out. Yep. And mm-hmm. not only would they got their money back, but they would have had, like, I mean, record. We're talking records were getting broken later on. And um, they would have got, you know, quadrupled their money. And some of these people never participated again and, you know, got a sour taste. It was the worst thing they could do. Um, with, with all this uncertainty, though, Adam, uh, what should investors focus on right now? What would you be telling your people? Well, I'm telling them plan, 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 mm-hmm. reevaluate their risk. And I may be biased here, but talk to your financial advisor. If you don't yeah. have one, I'm available. Yeah, and if you if you do need um, uh, to take a look and review, it doesn't mean that you have to change financial advisors, but just getting a second opinion to see what things look like. Call the show at one eight five five four hundred eleven fifty. Again, that's one eight five five four hundred eleven fifty, or go online to themoneyr dot com. We'll definitely get you connected with Adam. So, Adam, let's talk about the market hit of all time higher earlier this year. Is it too late to buy? Absolutely not. It's. It, Never too late. It's never too late to buy, but it's also you need to really know what What your time horizon is and how long you're going to hold it for. So the equity markets may be at an all-time high, but if you're buying an individual stock, we need to delve into a full picture of what that stock is, what their earnings are. uh, And a lot of times this gets right into how do you pick a stock? And and. I'm going to just say all a stock is is a, kind of like a timeshare. It's fractional ownership of a company. So when you're buying a company out, so let's say you were going down by buying a bowling alley down the street, you're going to want to learn a lot about it. What are their earnings? What's their gross revenue, mm-hmm. et cetera? Uh, what's your free cash flow? So from there, we decide what stocks to buy. Um, so is it too late to buy? No, if not, it's always a buying opportunity in the market. It just depends on where and what your goals are. Yeah. And it's the same in the real estate market. You know, is it is it a bad time to buy? What's going to happen in the future? You know, people bought homes in 2006 and they're looking really sweet right now as long as they didn't sell their home yeah. when the financial meltdown happens. So yeah. markets always go up and down. You've got to just make sure that you hold and not get scared and sell at a bad market, just as Keelan said. Uh, my wife and I closed on our house uh, two weeks before the market peaked in two, 2007 yeah. and yeah. are doing absolutely fine with our house in Lake Hills. Yeah, yeah, it makes yeah, yeah, sure so true. Killing it. Uh-huh. Um, let's talk a little bit, Adam. I'd love to get your feedback on real estate as a home or as an investment. Well, um, I'm going to say uh, when when looking at real estate as an investment, it really depends on on what your goal with that real estate is. Are you mm-hmm. holding land uh, just for the pre appreciation? Are you looking at it from a rental perspective? Are you going to be managing the property? Are you going to be rehabbing and redeveloping the property? Um, if you're buying a uh, a rental property now that you're planning on uh, retiring to, maybe you have a place. Um, out near uh, near water or uh, maybe somewhere in eastern Washington that uh, you want to live part of the year or Arizona, um, it can serve multiple purposes. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, I always say when, when you're looking at real estate, the first question is, how are you going to use it? And one of the things, and what an I look for a realtor or a client is looking for a realtor, I always ask them, has the realtor talked to you about how you plan to live in and utilize that home? Yes. Yeah, really important. I believe in the diversity 
um, of of your assets, and that's in you know including in real estate and you know being in the stock market. And I love how you mentioned vacation homes because you can actually save a lot of money if you have a vacation home because you're not having to spend all that money traveling other places, and then you've got a legacy to live to your leave to your kids um, as well. So let's talk about how do you you begin to analyze someone's financial picture, Adam? Break that down for us if you could. Well, I look at a family or a household the same way I would look at a business balance sheet, cash flow statement, income statement. So I begin there. So assets uh, and liabilities uh, make up the balance sheet. At the end of the day, there's owner's equity in a business. On, on a personal side, it's called net worth. So I start there and I say, how do we optimize that balance sheet? Do we take on strategic amounts of debt? Do we refinance debt? Do we invest in the markets? Do we invest in real estate? What, what ways can we maximize that balance sheet? Maybe it's investing in their education or re-education so that somebody can find a better job. Um, so that's where I start. Uh, then I look at the cash flow statement. What's coming in the door? What's going out the door? And how do we improve someone's cash position? So right now I'm working with a, a couple of clients who took out mortgages a little while ago. And I've said, you need to talk to your mortgage professional. You've got PMI. And if somebody's got PMI, now is a great opportunity. They probably have had some appreciation, so there, yes. there's some equity. You can have a little bit of interest rate uh, improvement potentially, and also reamortizing the debt over a longer period of time can reduce your cash outflow on a month-by-month basis significantly. Yeah. So um, I always look at the balance sheet and the cash flow statement to figure out how do we move that whole household forward putting them into a better position. Great advice. Adam, that's a huge testament to you. And I hope people picked up on what Adam just said. A lot of people being from that industry, a lot of people are just concerned about how much money you're going to give me to invest. And you're talking about a lot of things that you're not getting compensated for directly, but that shows that you care about your clients and your customers and you care about their best interests. And you're looking at the entire picture and making sure that you're coming up with a complete plan for them. So that is the true testament of a fantastic financial advisor. So uh, good on you for that, Adam. Um, Thank you. Tax time. Uh, that's uh, what we're talking about all over the board right now. People are excited. Dave's so, done with ours. He's done already? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not surprised. Dave's all over it. I know. Um, I'm not done with mine. Um, in fact, I think I, I still have another year I got to figure out a couple of years ago, but it's all good. <laughs> I'm in good standing. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> but um, what's the best advice you can give our listeners during tax time where it's on everybody's brain? Are we getting paid or are we paying? Uh Best thing I can say, file on time, uh, meaning that either file or file an extension. Uh, Don't be late. And the biggest thing, and if I didn't say this, my father, who's an accountant, and my grandfather here in the Seattle area, and my grandfather, who used to uh, work as a CPA here in Bellevue for about 60 years, were both... uh, Uh, I'd never hear the end of it. Um, (laughs) Know your cost basis. Know what you paid for things. Keep track of that cost basis. That way, when it comes tax time, you're not going to leave a lot of money on the table. I remember I had a client once who uh, came to me. They had had, uh, received AT&T as a gift many, many, many years ago. It was pre-breakup of the baby uh, into uh, Ma Bell and Baby Bells. And um, I recreated the entire cost basis based on what the ending share count was. Uh, Had they not done that, they were going to owe roughly $18,000 in tax. And by recreating that basis, it saved them a a tremendous amount. And 
I also had a great relationship with her accountant from then on because I took care of the basis stuff that the client didn't remember. Yes, and you know, I was going to uh, ask a question um, on a recent client you help, but we're uh, we're ending the end of the show, and you just shared that, and that's an awesome uh, share there, Adam. Adam, thank you so much for joining us in studio. We look forward to having you back hopefully soon. Thank you. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll be here same time, same place, right here at 1150 AM KKNW next weekend. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.